As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an Unspoiled Network podcast. This is Unspoiled, covering The Dresden Files, Book 11, Turncoat. Chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4. Surprise, kids. In this episode... Rashawn and I talk about what the fuck is going on with the White Council, how desperate Morgan must have to be to have turned up at Harry's fucking door, and what is following Harry down the street. Welcome to Unspoiled. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Natasha. I'm Rashawn. So, Rashawn, full confession from me here. I intended to read this first paragraph to you, or, you know, I guess it's like several sentences, uh, at the end of our last uh, in intermediate story. Oh, but sure. I had not realized that we were at the end of the stories. For some reason, I thought that there were two more stories left because I lost track of where we were because of the break. Mm. So the opening with Morgan just turning up covered in blood and telling Harry that the wardens are after him is just such a wonderful opening mm. that I kind of wanted to get your live reaction on it, but it's okay. There are mm. more intense openings of other books that we will do this way and I will not forget. Um, so what was your, what were your thoughts on this? this what was your impression on this? Well, I mean, it it really does just open right the fuck up, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it, there's Wastes just I mean no time. There's no preamble, <laughs> um, and these books usually do get off to a pretty raucous start. But I feel like this might be one of the 
few words, like the first two sentences. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I uh, was like, Morgan, is it Harry's house? Looking for help? It was so confusing. (laughs) It just, you know. Yeah, Um, and I think that, like, there have been raucous starts before, but they have always been kind of like, oh, we're joining Harry in one of his silly situations before the real story starts. Yeah, yeah. This time it's like, oh, no, here's the story. Boom. Yeah, it feels very much like this has got to be the story, right? But, you Mm -hmm. know, with these books, you're never 100% sure which thread is going to become, like, the main one. That's true. So my instincts tell me that, this has got to be the deal for this book. But, you know, it could be anything. Like, something else could come flying into the story that I don't even see coming. You know? On the top of a, you know, car, for instance. <laughs> flying so, into the story that Harry doesn't see coming either. So, and then, of course, that, that last chapter with whatever is tailing him. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to know what it is, you guys. I don't mm-hmm. want to know. I really don't. I feel like we could have this whole story and I don't need that particular bit of information <laughs> and I would be okay. I think I would make do it. Um, I can't think of anything freaking him out as badly as this thing did. Yeah. No, like he's, he's incapacitated, you know, completely. This is, this is um, it can't Brain be bending. good. It cannot be good. <laughs> Do you have any theories on anything Mm-mm. that you think it might be? Or I, okay, I thought about it, but his description of it, of course, isn't like a physical description, but more like a a, a litany of like all what it feels like to see to it. see it, yeah. And I would be hard pressed to come up with anything that sounds as revolting and objectionable. <laughs> as this this whatever it is i love when you use the word objectionable for things like this because it seems so like understated and really not getting at the heart of the thing but is fundamentally true so i can't what, like fault you what i just mean like at its very core you know it mm-hmm. just off- offends the senses you know it's just that does seem accurate yes you know it ought not to be This parrot has ceased to be. It is an ex parrot. Um, So, anyway, I think I've made my case. So, like, how did you feel about Harry deciding to help Morgan here? Are you feeling like this was the right call, or are you. I I, I think it's 100% the right call. Okay. For like a couple of different reasons. One, because I feel like at this point in the story, I would have been very surprised and it would not have felt like Harry if he had just been like, oh, fuck this dude. Mm -hmm. That would just seem so out of character to me. And then his actual sort of strategy around protecting Morgan in the sense that if Morgan goes down for this, then it'll be almost impossible to, to suss out like who the traitor is. Yeah. So that that makes a lot of sense too. But primarily, it just would have been, it wouldn't have felt like Harry if he had just been like, shut the door in his face while he's great. I do like too that he's like, oh, and you know, if we don't get whoever the traitor is, they're going to frame another person, and I can guarantee that too is me. (laughs) Yeah, that's also excellent, excellent reasoning. Yeah. 
So I also don't have any doubts that Morgan is framed. Like I 100% believe it. Right. Okay. So good. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, the uh, Harry is like down with a really bad headache when Morgan shows up, and we find out later when he sees Butters that this headache has been yes. a problem for him recently. Yes. And we don't know. We didn't get any kind of. I'm trying to remember. I know the, the last book wasn't even that long ago. And there was so much damage inflicted on so many parties. <laughs> I thought you were going to say on so many parts of his body. But on so many parties is also correct. Either one. Pick, and, pick whichever you like. So, but I'm, try- I'm wondering what, what, what's causing the headaches, you know. Um, whether it was, you know, it's a, a, a physical thing or if there's something sort of more psychic happening to him, I don't know. But yeah, um, I, but I'm not a huge fan of this development. Yeah, and it's really frustrating because his uh, magic prohibits him from getting a proper MRI and getting. Oh a my god! It sounds like going on. It sounds like the one he did. Did he say something about being uh, sprayed with? Uh, Fire extinguisher foam? Yes. <laughs> we don't get any details on that, but I lo- I'd rather not. It's much more funny to just imagine right. whatever the it fuck happened. Sounds like he set that fucking machine on fire. Basically. <laughs> well, he I can just imagine poor Butters it. flapping his hands ineffectually, oh squawking in protest. Ah, <laughs> it's on fire! <laughs> not that Butters would be the one to administer the MRI, I'm guessing, since he's a... I was going to say a mortician, but that's the person who gets them ready for burial. <laughs> what's 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 it? He's a, a medical a medical examiner or a that's the one medical examiner. Um. So yeah, Morgan turns up, says the wardens are coming. Hide me, please, and then faints. Yeah. Which Morgan faints? You guys. Yeah. <laughs> who would have thunk it? Uh, so. Harry is looking at him and considering, like, yeah, fucking, oh, god damn it. But he's Harry, and he can't just, like, turn his back. So he drags the dude inside, and we cut to him with Butters, who is patching Morgan up, who is still unconscious. And they basically have to do, like, a minor surgery. Yeah, his leg is pretty fucked up. Yeah, and it's described as being like, like uh, wrongly intimate, like a sort of a right. violation, like walking in on someone naked. Which I thought that was a really interesting way of yeah. putting that. I've uh, heard something similar somewhere. Can't remember where, where the person described it as being kind of like we're not even supposed to see this. Like it's wrong that we're even seeing this. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like this just wasn't meant for our eyes, like seeing behind the veil in some weird way. Yeah. Which I had never really thought about, like what that must be like to be a doctor and mm-hmm. just be going to town on people's insides, um, <laughs> which is a really unfortunate way to phrase, phrase it. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's like the equivalent of when people are like, he could get up in my guts. I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I hate that. Oh my god, I forgot that was a thing people used to say. I hated it. That's I'm a, so it's glad a, it's not a thing anymore. That was in a song. Who rapped about that? Let me. 
Is it Method Man? I think it was Method Man. Was it? Mm. Oh, I am not remembering. The ice, the ice cream Whomever song. it is, they're fired. Um, All right. So, so he is. Uh, he explains to Butters who Morgan is. It's a nice little bit of reminder exposition. And uh, he calls him his probation officer, which is yeah, essentially that's accurate, correct. right? Yeah. Except he was like, well, I don't really know much about probation officers. I would hope that they they aren't all as vindictive and petty mm. <laughs> as Morgan was. But you know what? I bet, I bet, I bet people would probably say they are. Yeah, probably. I'm sure it depends on the um, the impression that you give initially as well. Like, yeah, you and know how what much I mean? they care about their job. Yeah. Um, and Butters is like, so if he has this sort of history with you, what the fuck is he doing here? And Harry's like, I mean, this is the literal last place anybody would ever think to look for him. Um, and I love Butters is trying to assess what inflicted the wound. And he's like, something like a knife, but, but bigger. bigger. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Butters. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> He's yeah, like, yeah, you're right. It was a knife, but bigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Butters puts up his usual fight with doing this examination and everything. And Harry manages to, like, basically talk him down and kind of browbeat him into it. And then Butters is like, all right, well, you're going to have to wash up and get ready to do this, too. And Harry's like, wait, what? So what I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> this is we would but wait. Butters Butters says, Oh bite me, wizard boy. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden Harry's concerned about credentials. Yeah, I like this moment a lot. The uh the turning it around and being like, Oh, doing something like that but, could hurt somebody that is very uncomfortable for you to do. Oh, suddenly you're not <laughs> so happy with this, huh, Harry? I like uh, also the side of Butters where he can't believe that Harry is not saying fuck you to Morgan. Mm-hmm. Like this particular like petty little streak in Butters is just yes. like, but fuck this guy though. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, like fuck him. Which is echoed by Thomas later. Mm-hmm. Thomas is just like Harry. He would literally not cross the street to piss on you if you were on fire. Just let him rot. Thomas calls it his comeuppance. And yep. I just love that word anytime anyone says it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Harry just says, but think about it. And Thomas thinks for a minute and then he's like, alright, fine, I guess it makes sense. Ugh, yeah. I hate it. Um, so this is when Butters is like, alright, so he's, he wants you to hide him from what is it? The White Council? Didn't you tell me you had recently gotten a new job for those people? Are they not going to be real mad if they find out that you're doing this? And Harry is like, yeah, yeah, uh, all of what you are saying is correct. And yet, here we are. Here we are. I love Um, Harry has a moment where he's like, I'm doing it because I know what it feels like to be pursued Mm -hmm. and accused of crimes you didn't commit and i feel like in his heart butters is still like yeah but fuck this dude though yeah agree (laughs) like he's not particularly swayed by any of this um and yeah 
at this point, Butters is like, so how are those headaches? Yada, yada, yada. Harry tries to be like, oh, uh, they're actually getting a lot better. And Butters is like, you are so full of shit. Wow. What? What is a gimlet eye? Harry, Dresden has been, well, Butcher really has used that expression more than once. I always think of it as being when somebody like side eyes you with a squint, like looking at you with a real clarity that sees right through your bullshit. But I've mm. never actually looked it up because there's a lime gimlet drink. So I guess well, that, that's what I think about. I think about a gimlet and uh, that's I'm looking gin, up a I definition. Think. I'm looking to see what I can find, too. My slow-ass internet. To have a gimlet eye or to cast a gimlet eye means to stare at someone or something in a piercing manner or stare in an extremely watchful manner. The term gimlet eye is derived from the gimlet, a small piercing or boring tool first used in the mid-1300s. Oh, okay. So it's like his eyes bored into me, except not... (laughs) except quicker (laughs) i guess right does that make sense that makes sense (laughs) i uh i went to images don't okay don't do that oh no (laughs) for gimlet eye yeah i just like right under uh, the google um results i just hit images and they are all is it like a medical condition no there's just like pictures of people mm. give, giving the gimlet eye but it's all over the place there's no like there's no agreement <laughs> on what it is. <laughs> it's just like it's out there in the world just being whatever it wants to be and no one is saying anything about it yeah that's the thing about subjective words like this somebody's <laughs> like oh she gave me a real gimlet eye what do you mean no she didn't She just barely looked at you. Are you kidding? Her eyes bored into me. She was bored. Not boring into you. She does not care. Um, All right. So chapter two, Morgan is asleep and Harry is just sort of observing like that this dude has aged a lot. And yeah, it seems like he's not even that stress. And he's not even that old. Yeah. Harry says, you know, he's over a hundred, which is just about getting to like, uh, maturity, I think he says. I think he says active maturity, yeah. So, you know, that's like, what, your 30s or your 40s? Yeah, I think so. I would put that at, like, probably early 40s. So, I mean, but the way he's describing Morgan, it has been a rough life. He mm-hmm. has really seen and probably done a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, and he just looks worn the fuck out. Yeah. It's, uh... When Harry tells us about the nightmares he used to have about Morgan, too. Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't there think are he's a ever, lot of moments where... I don't think come up before. Yeah, I don't think so either. I know that at one point Harry mentions, like, um, having had nightmares about the night at Bianca's. Mm-hmm. Because there's a point at which the like vampires just pay- basically descend on him and f- like torture him. Yeah. Um, and we don't really see what happens there, but it was evidently traumatic enough that it's like stayed with him. And uh, I sort of like that we never really get detail. On right. It's just kind of there. like looming, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a, um, I don't want to say spooky, but like it's kind of like a specter, you know? Mm hmm. 
Yeah. It's just there to haunt him sometimes, and you just never know when it's going to pop up, and we don't really know the whole story, so it just kind of feels like nebulous, you know? Yeah. Um, so, Harry, they they moved Morgan into Harry's bedroom, so he's by himself in the living room, and he's left Mouse to guard Morgan, and is just sort of sitting by the fire trying to think what the fuck is happening and what he should do. And eventually, Morgan wakes up, and uh, Mouse has to hold him down. Because he's trying to, like, stand. And he asks whether or not Harry is, like, he's like, so you're not going to turn me in? And Harry's like, I'm not going to turn you in yet. I am willing to hear out whatever you are going to claim happened. Um. And I like that while Harry's by himself, he does consider the fact that this might be a fucking trick because yeah, Morgan has yeah. done this before. Mm-hmm. Which I had forgotten that he pulled that, like, low-down shit, but... Yeah, I did, too. Uh, what a shameless ploy. Like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, makes me so angry just thinking about it. Um, But, yeah, Harry's pretty much, like, if he's faking it, he gave himself... Quite the sword wound. Like, I don't think that's what's happening yeah. here. I like that it's his, uh, finally, his decision is based on, like, it makes sense, you know, that Morgan mm-hmm. would not show up hurt as badly as he did if it weren't legit. Right. So, he has to take Morgan's temperature, and Morgan just blurts out, Oh, this really important warden is dead. And then sticks the thermometer in his mouth <laughs> so that Harry has to just sit there and wait for him to, like, continue the story. And I really <laughs> enjoy that moment of him just being like, ha. Huh. Just like, he's just so petty still. He's here, yeah. like, begging this dude for help. And he just can't help to just be, like, a little annoying about it. <laughs> um, There's a moment when he first wakes up where he um, Harry gets him some water. And Harry starts to like thank. Oh no, Morgan starts to thank Harry, and Harry just like cut the shit. We're not. We're not fucking doing that. <laughs> yep. He he took he. I think he says he got the look on his face of a man about to stick his hand into an open flame. <laughs> uh, so he. While he's got the thermometer in his mouth, Harry's, like, thinking about who Lefortier was and that he was, like, um, a really important member of the council and that he had been particularly vocal when Harry was arrested mm-hmm. in wanting Harry to be put down. Yeah. He's, he's a big kind supporter. Of like a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say he's a big supporter of the Merlin who we know mm-hmm. has feelings about Harry, so. Yeah. Um, basically, like, a Morgan... On steroids kind of deal, it sounds with, like. With a lot more power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the fact that he is such a senior member of the council and he has been murdered is a big deal because they are not, sh- like, they are not fooling around in the White Council about protecting the senior members. It's a, it's a huge issue that they take really seriously. And mm-hmm. if somebody was able to get in and kill him, it has to have been somebody from the inside. There is no way. Somebody yeah. from outside wandered the fuck in. Um, and this is when Morgan explains that they found him standing over the body holding the murder weapon. 
they found uh, a secret bank account with like a new deposit of millions mm-hmm. of dollars in mm-hmm. it. They found phone records that have him like being in touch with the Red Court continually over the past few months. It's just like it's just an embarrassment of riches. Exactly, it's an an, an enormous amount of evidence that it's one thing where it's like one hand you do want them to see how obvious this is and be like obviously this guy was framed but on the other hand you can't just say that you can't just be like oh yeah well we obviously have too much evidence so it can't (laughs) be that like that's not how it works either um and morgan kind of harry says something like are you sure that they were just gonna like take you out and morgan's like listen (laughs) I've done it a long time. I've seen how that works. It looked very familiar to me. So I scarpered. Um, <laughs> you, what was that word? Scarpered? You never heard that? Oh, that's adorable. What? No, I haven't heard it before. Scar- oh. It's a it's a like British slang for for fleeing. Oh, I yeah like it. yeah. I've always I think Fred and George used it at some point in Harry Potter. We mm-hmm. scarpered. So uh, yeah, that's where I got that from. So Morgan obviously is definitely somebody who would use some unin- uh, informal British slang <laughs> to describe his getaway. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. So Harry's like, oh, you know, are you sure you didn't do it? <laughs> yeah. I like that he does that. Oh, but did you do it? <laughs> and he says and, no and Harry believes him. Yeah. So that's when they realize that, uh, well, Harry kind of thinks it through and he's just like, you know, if I let you go down for this, my chances of finding the real bad guy go up in smoke. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll keep you safe. How long before they can track you again? Because Morgan has done a spell so that they can't track him. Mm-hmm. And they've got 60 hours at the most, more like 48 hours. Yeah. So he's so we got two days, which does not seem like enough time. I'm just going to go ahead and say that up front. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That, that does not seem, for what he has to accomplish, that is not nearly enough time. But we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Um, it's not starting out great. You know, <laughs> like, where where is it? Oh, yeah, here. Uh, nothing motivates like a deadline, especially the literal kind. Waka waka. <laughs> um, so Harry leaves Morgan to recuperate and he goes out to get some more medical supplies and to ask a favor. And he heads out there in his trusty beetle. Um and he's thinking about what's probably going on in the council right now. And uh, it says, because of the specific information leaks that had occurred, there were a limited number of people who could have possessed the information. The suspect pool was damn small. Just about everyone in it was a member of the senior council and everyone there was beyond reproach. The second someone threw an accusation at one of them, things were going to get busy and fast if an innocent was fingered, they would react the same way Morgan had, knowing full well that the justice of the council was blind, especially to annoying things like facts. They would have little choice but to resist. 
So it's a very political situation. Mm -hmm. You know, they have to be seen doing something and doing something swiftly. And that pretty much precludes worrying about what actually happened. Right. Yeah. There's there's less. Yeah. There's way less interest in actually solving the mystery of who's behind it and why and just like saving face Mm -hmm. and maintaining an image that they're like strong. Um, and when he talks to us a little bit later about what it would be like, Oh no, he says it here too. If the white council devolves into like civil war, Mm -hmm. um, then it's just going to be mayhem Mm -hmm. from all directions. And if this person realizes that they can get away with it this one time, all they have to do is do this over and over mm-hmm. again until mm-hmm. everything inevitably falls apart. Yep. So, yeah, that's the thing about making everybody suspicious of one another. Mm-hmm. It really does start to work. Um, so, yeah, in the end, he's just like, Morgan was smart to just fucking scarper. Oh, um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. There's no reason to stick around when you know how the movie is going to end. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no need for it. Um, and I think, like, what's because what, there's a. Eventually, they're going to know that Morgan is with Harry okay. at some point, right? So. Why do you think they will eventually know that? I just, I don't know. I feel like to move the story to where I hope it goes next, that has to happen. Okay. Um, And then it will be interesting to see how the other wardens line up. There's a bit in these chapters where Harry talks about how the older wardens don't want anything to do with him, even though he's one now, too. Mm -hmm. So he sort of got stuck but it worked out for the best with a lot of the younger wardens mm-hmm. and I wonder if there were need for um, people to pick sides if the split would go that way mm, interesting um, so but anyway alright um, so he goes to see Thomas uh, at his place of business so Thomas has that fucking accent going on <laughs> He says he has teeth whiter than the Klu- the Ku Klux Klan. Yes, he does say that. Yes, he does. It's a choice, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some words. <laughs> those certainly were all words. Um, and what he is getting at here is I need you to ask Justine to find out what she can via her contacts. Yeah. And Thomas is not receptive to this. Anytime we have these moments where Thomas freezes like this and he describes it, it is so upsetting to me. <laughs> I do not care for it. It is... Just, and and also, right after the freeze, Thomas stands up real quick and it's just that just flash enough to be like, oh, you're not human. Right, yeah. I don't care for those either. Yeah, there is something about it not just being described that he goes still, but that also the sense of his presence in the room goes away. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. find that to be like, that's something that you just take for granted so much is there when a person is there, that the idea mm-hmm. of that disappearing is really odd. Um, to me, this is more 
this to me is more upsetting and, and representative of Thomas's air quotes true nature than any of the times we've seen him like lose control and like ravish Justine or anyone else. Mm. Like to to me, this because it's like everything about him that's human like disappears for a second. Yeah, that's including his presence, and it's just the other part of him. So, like yeah. human, like lust is a human thing as well. So that's sort of mm-hmm. relatable. But something like this, there's nothing human about it. I guess I see what you mean there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, this is when he argues with Thomas for a while about why helping him is a smart idea in the long run. And once Harry like pushes him enough. He he. Ba- basically, Harry has to be like, I'm not going to ask her to like put herself at risk. I just want very basic information that she can get without having to raise too many eyebrows right. or draw any attention. He even and, has to be like, and this is what she said she wanted to do too. Remember? Right? Yeah. She went undercover for just this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Thomas wants him to promise that he won't act on any information that could get Justine in trouble. And Harry is like, dude, how the fuck am I supposed to know what that information is going to be? Like, I can't make that promise. I will do everything I can to keep her safe, but I can't make... I'm not psychic, you know? I really appreciated Harry stopping to make that distinction, too. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, I think... um, I don't want to say a lesser writer, but a different writer might have just had Harry make that promise, you know, mm-hmm. um, because, of course, in his heart, he wants to be able to promise that he would, right. you know, he wants to be able to be certain that no one gets hurt. But for him to stop and, and rec- oh, my God, this fucking cat, you guys, <laughs> this fucking cat, I swear to God. <laughs> Are you a member of that Facebook, oh my god, what a fucking cat? No. That group? <laughs> no, I'm not. I recommend it, everyone. <laughs> um, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> what the fuck was I saying? Um, <laughs> you were saying uh, that he makes the distinction you thought was a good thing. Right, yeah, he doesn't just... I can, can hear you guys her. Hear her? <laughs> <laughs> she... What the fuck? I don't know what's wrong with her. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So let's just move along. She's not going to make this point. <laughs> um, so Thomas reluctantly agrees to those terms. And then we go into chapter four. Um, I had, you know, we normally cover four chapters per episode. From here on for the next at least several episodes, it will be just three. But these first three chapters are pretty quick moving. And I really wanted to have whatever it is that is following him introduced within the first episode of coverage, because this thing is just so different than anything that we have come across in regard to monsters or beings or Mm -hmm. whatever, that I want it to have as much page or airtime. I was going to say page time, but that's like what it is in the book much pod time <laughs> ear time listening time no that's it listening discussing time listening. there you go that's better <laughs> yeah um so harry he's leaving thomas's and he just has this sense that he's being followed 
And as he puts it, you know, it's just a, it was just a hunch, but mm. I had really learned to trust my instincts on that sort of thing. He comes so close to calling it his spidey senses. <laughs> I thought for certain any second it was going to just fly off the page. <laughs> That's true. He doesn't quite say it, but it is surprising that he doesn't. Um, so he is still walking at this point, and he's just sort of like, hmm... Maybe uh, maybe I should just go ahead and get in the car here, actually. Because he, like, assumes at first that they are in a car. And then he's like, ooh, maybe they're not. Maybe getting in the car would be smart for me, actually. And put something between us. Um, so, let's see. My third eye showed me Chicago. Because he uses his sight, knowing that whatever it is that's following him might not necessarily be visible Mm -hmm. in the way that, and he has just this vibe that it's not, there's something else happening here. And I love this description of it. Energy ran through the streets, the buildings, the people appearing to me as slender filaments of light that ran this way and that plunging into solid objects and out the other side without interruption. The energies coursing through the grand old buildings had a solid and unmoving stability about them, as did the city streets. But the rest of it, the random energies generated by the thoughts and emotions of eight million people, was completely unplanned and coursed everywhere in frenetic, haphazard, garish colors. And he talks about clouds of emotion interspersed with flickering campfire sparks of ideas. Um, he describes joy as a heavy flowing stream with dancing gems of joy. The muck of negative emotions clung to the surfaces, staining them darker, while fragile bubbles of dreams floated blissfully towards kaleidoscope stars. Yeah, Sounds it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a really lovely bit of writing. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to think, we haven't seen him use his sight, I don't think, in a long time. It's been a minute, I think you're right, yeah. And um, I can't remember exactly what he described before. I wish I could, um, because I wonder if it's similar or, if, you know. I don't feel like it, w- because I feel like a lot of times when he uses his sight, it is to look at a particular person or a particular building. Him turning it on for a huge area like he is here where he's trying to sort of scan Mm-hmm. An entire street. This feels different, right? Yeah, this isn't something he does often at all. Um, so he's looking around. He doesn't see anything. He's commenting on like the different people and the vibes he's getting off of them and what he's seeing. And he starts to think, oh, okay, I'm not seeing anything with my sight. Everybody in my sight looks mortal. That seems cool. And then he looks up. Mm-hmm. Try to imagine the stench of rotten meat. Imagine the languid, arrhythmic pulsing of a corpse filled with maggots. Imagine the scent of stale body odor mixed with mildew. The sound of nails screeching across a chalkboard. The taste of rotten milk and the flavor of spoiled fruit. Now imagine that your eyes can experience those things all at once in excruciating detail. So... Yeah. Objectionable. (laughs) (laughs) Sustained. (laughs) 
Um, this is like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Is my question. I don't. I can't even fathom what this might be. Yeah. If it's human, it's got to be so corrupt. You know, like mm-hmm. fallen angel corrupt. Right. You know, like I don't even know if this is what and uh, what the fallen would look like if Harry looked at them with his sight. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think he's ever done that. You know, I mean, I imagine that it's pretty. You know, they're pretty gnarly, but unless that's what this turns out to be, but I'm following him on the roof like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's Doesn't, bounding from the edge of one rooftop to another moving yeah. more than fast enough to keep pace with me like yeah mm. it doesn't feel like necessarily with them but uh but whatever it is i don't i said earlier jokingly but you know low-key i don't really want to ever see this thing <laughs> and I you know i what? understand that yeah it probably looks normal as fuck too you know without the site it probably oh, just looks like interesting an, like an accountant <laughs> ma'am but on the inside <laughs> yeah that's interesting um and what's like so upsetting about this to me is that the initial shock of it you can understand harry being taken really like by surprise he doesn't know this thing is here but it keeps affecting him the exact same way over and over, yeah, even though yeah. he knows it's there by now. It is like the most horrific PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing about that is, you know, when you when you're someone is triggered, you like relive the event, right? Mm-hmm, you relive mm-hmm. the traumatic event. But so Harry is doing that, but he's doing it in like Technicolor. Yeah, you know, like, ugh. And and then just and even when he's not trying to think about it, it still just like pops in his head mm-hmm. because of course, you know. Yeah, he's thinking about how he has to try not to think about it, which of course mm-hmm. causes him to think about it, which results right. in him like. So yeah. at this when, point, he's driving. And oh he yeah, he crashes. Yeah, the he car. does. Yeah, he does. And uh, uh, he's shook. I mean, I know it sounds like an understatement, but. He shook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he and can't he's drive. Thinking, oh, I love too that he's like judging from the dampness on my cheeks. I must have been crying. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just like spontaneous, like sobbing that he has no control over. He hears somebody screaming, and he's like, "Yeah, that's probably me, actually." <laughs> huh? How about that? Like, there's this detachment yeah. to it. I feel like we've all been there, though, right? Mm-hmm. Had those like kind of out of body things. Yeah. You're just like, wow, I am freaking the fuck out right now. That was me the day the cat <laughs> fucked up my, my whole day. <laughs> and uh, I just like started screaming about shit. And there was a part of me that was like, ooh, girl, you are a mess right now. But could not get it together enough to stop my my angry scream crying. Um, so, yeah, he is thinking to himself, like, I really need to like get driving again they are going to take me in for a dui and i do not have fucking time for that right now with morgan in my house yeah Hmm. and just as he's like all right i've got to get it together not think about this fuck fuck there it is (laughs) and when he comes back to himself his mouth is filled with blood because Mm. he has bitten his tongue oh my god it's so awful 
Yep. And then he just really like, I can't fucking drive like this. I'm going to mm-hmm. kill myself. I'm going to kill some innocent bystanders. Like, uh, but I can't sit here because, mm-hmm. you know, police. So he ends up like just kind of getting the beetle up on the sidewalk a little bit and then just yeah. walking away, which, you know what? That is exactly what I would have done. That's how mm-hmm. well I would have handled that. <laughs> I would have just left my car on the sidewalk and bounced. Oh, my God. It's so awful. It's like he winds up after he like leaves the car. He again thinks about like the thing that's pursuing him. And it says, when I looked up again, I was curled into a ball on the ground, muscles aching from cramping so tight. And people were walking around me, giving me nervous sidelong glances. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he like he leaves the car so that somebody else can handle it. But. It, he he is like not able to yeah walk. he not in good shape he yeah. barely makes it to where um well he's just walking with like using his staff mm-hmm. um and that's it he starts uh thinking of prime numbers i think he says oh my god that's right he's like a guy trying to like not come by thinking about baseball oh my god <laughs> you're so right that's exactly what he's like i hate it thanks <laughs> um where is it what i'm trying to find Doo-doo. it's the very last page of chapter four if you're looking for him talking about numbers I started calculating prime numbers as I walked, focusing on the process as intently as I would any spell. Which, uh, I have to be honest, I do not remember learning prime numbers in school. So, I know that I must have, but calculating prime numbers, like, all I know is they're divisible by themselves and one, and that's it, right? Girl, who are you asking? (laughs) I'm pretty sure, like, two is divisible by two and one. Yeah, I think that's how it is. Well, he calls out three, five, seven, eleven, and thirteen. So yeah, that all makes sense. Okay. Um, literally too terrified to think about what might be coming after me. So, what do you think he's gonna do? Well, I'm not really. He he tells us that Thomas lives on what's called the Gold Coast and like the nice part of town. Mm -hmm. And he's on his way back from Thomas's apartment. But I have no idea what that distance is really. Yeah, that's fair. So maybe he goes to Max or Mm. because I'm not sure where he is in the city. So, you know, Karen's Max back to Thomas's maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, what are his other safe spots? They go home. Home, that's yeah. That's where he was heading. You know. Um, yeah, I, I have, but I again, I'm not sure where he is. So he's going to go to the nearest place he can get to is where he's going. Yeah, right. That's pretty much it. <laughs> um, and yeah, this thing, uh, it just unnerves me so bad. Because Harry has just faced off so against so many things. Oh, is this still following him? Oh, yeah. Oh, for mm-hmm. some reason, I did not think of that until just a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it has not let up yet. It's just him, like, 
trying not to look at or think about it in order to keep himself from collapsing again. Oh my god. In my mind when he left the car he had like shook him off his tail. <laughs> <laughs> for like based on nothing, for no reason. <laughs> but I was a hundred percent sure that's what happened. It's cause uh it, well, as soon as he isn't surrounded by a car, he's practically invisible, <laughs> even though he crashed the car, caused a small pileup, left it parked on the sidewalk, wandered away about five feet before collapsing on the sidewalk again. Oh, my God. Well, see, that's what's weird then, because like whatever is following him, it could have just attacked him while he was unconscious on the sidewalk. It could have. So... Not that the thing that's following him isn't necessarily dangerous, but, you know, I guess whatever its motivation or end game is, is not just, like, murdering Harry. It must be something else. Or if it is murdering him, it's not interested in doing that in the busy sidewalk in the middle of the day where there's a I feel like whatever is leaping from building to building maybe doesn't care. Okay. I mean, again, this is based on nothing. But I feel like the type of energy it's giving off, <laughs> that it, that energy says, I don't give a fuck about these people. <laughs> Fair. I am filled with the arrhythmic pulse of a corpse filled Oh, God, stop it. No. <laughs> that kind of energy doesn't care about the witnesses. <laughs> That's fair. You know what? You make a compelling argument. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I don't need you ever to repeat that shit again. No. Especially not while you're fucking laughing. There's something Sorry. so much worse about that. <laughs> ah. Hate it. Oh. oh, well, that's the end of those chapters. <laughs> Indeed. Um, do you have any theories or uh predictions or anything that you want to share before i don't i'm here for the harry and morgan adventure time story though (laughs) i hope that they go and have some adventures (laughs) before this all gets you know like some sort of buddy cop action the harry and morgan adventure time (laughs) i like it because adventure time's an actual show that I have never it's, seen. Oh, it's a show I've yeah, I've never seen it either. Isn't it a car is it a cartoon? Yeah, it's a cartoon. Is it the cartoon about the milkshake and the fries? No, that's um Oh my god, I can't believe but, I can't remember the name of that. But it but that is a thing, right? I didn't oh, just yeah, make yeah. that up. Okay. Damn it. Now you're making me look up Meatball uh what's it a, the Fry a meatball? cartoon? Yeah, it's a uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, I never would have thought of that in a bazillion years. That's not, yeah, it's an older. <laughs> that's an old one. Um, all right. Well, I want to say real quick, um, hi to new patrons. I had I keep on trying to do this, and I keep getting uh, what's the word? I'm I'm trying to think of that word when somebody like messes with you and they ruin your plan. Sabotage. I guess that's that works. No, that, sounds, that sounds really, really personal. But, I'm <laughs> but I keep getting sabotaged by Patreon, who has changed up the way that they like show this data so that it's extremely difficult for me to get things in order of when people signed up accurately. Uh, I used to be able to just click like newest patrons and it would show up like a list of, of uh, most recent to oldest. And I could just 
you know, choose the end date of the last time that I read new patrons. And they don't have it set up that way anymore. And I don't understand why not. So guys, forgive me if you've been a patron and you've been like, this bitch never read my name. I'm out here giving me, giving her my money, my hard earned cash. All I wanted was for her to whisper a few syllables in acknowledgement <laughs> of me into her microphone. And she's too goddamn high and mighty to manage it. I swear, <laughs> I'm not trying to uh, to leave you out in the cold. So forgive me, everybody. I'm going to do my best here, but it might not be entirely accurate because this is just a weird like list that includes older pledges as well that have renewed themselves and changed their the amount that they're pledging and everything. So it's kind of mixed in here. Um, Natalie McManus, Angela Shepard, Abigail Kiner, Sandra Nickel, Susmita Godre, uh, Martin Hayton, Angela Hopkins. Nope. Nope. Angela's old. Sorry, Angela. <laughs> I just called you old. You know what I meant. Um, William Sebren, J.B., Dio Hauksen. Ooh, there goes one of those uh, bits of... of alphabet that I don't know how to pronounce and I think that person actually I think I did say their name once and they like DM'd me explaining how to say it and it was like amazing it was I would never have guessed um Anna Marie Chrissy Munns Caitlin Bauer Catherine Oliver Christy Reeves Nav Brar John Charlie Bacon and Kegs which I <laughs> deeply enjoy uh Brittany Erdman Kai Cameron Kelly, um, Kathy Galen, Angus Niven, bup, 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 uh, Ashley Biardi, Meg Collins, Andrew Kogan, Anthony Romano, Joe Schmo. I think they pledged before at one point and are back now. So welcome back, Joe Schmo. Rose V, Anna Kay, Brittany Bell, Steve Stevie Leonardson, Wendy LSK, DeRay Ernest, Kirsten Kaysen, Scott Sherman, Lazarus, 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 uh, Vanessa McNamara, Lindsay Gies, Susan Smith. Oh, no, Susan's been with me. What's up, Susan? Univon That's Yo Raven. Uh, that's yo raven <laughs> i see what you did there and that is the last one um so i think i covered everybody over like the past month and a half i i should have done if i did not read your name message me and i absolutely will and i do not like that don't feel weird about that because i want to acknowledge everybody it's just for some reason they've made it really hard for me and it's annoying mm -hmm. um so I hope that everybody who has become a patron has been enjoying the content. Um, next week, I'm going to be recording the final episode of Series 10 of Great British Bake Off with Krista. And then Miles and I are going to be back with the uh, coverage of the third Twilight movie. And then we're going to be getting into Breaking Dawn, kids. And I am so excited <laughs> breaking dawn is the most banana pants cuckoo for cocoa puffs fucking book <laughs> and it is gonna be a ride and i am really hopeful that there is gonna that miles will agree to a portion of it 
that I will he'll let me read it out loud to him while he's on camera because I think he's gonna get really mad (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait um so yeah if you're a five dollar and up patron which uh all of you should be because I think I turned off lower pledges a while back um you will have access to that and to the uh, Great British Bake Off and then once Miles and I are done with um with Twilight we're gonna start on Mistborn and don't forget Rashawn and I are coming up towards the end of Deathly Hallows at this point, and uh, we are hoping to raise enough money on the Patreon to cover Song of Ice and Fire. Um, Because it's the beginning of a new month, there are a lot of declines for uh, people who have become patrons, but their card didn't go through for whatever reason. And that always results in like a dip, which makes it look like we have lost pledges and so at this point, it says that we are 77% of the way to goal for Song of Ice and Fire. Um, we should be a little higher than that if uh, if folks update their information and those charges go through. But, you know, it's uh, we're, we're really hoping to reach this. Both Rashawn and I really want to cover it. It's just it, it's a lot. It's a it's a huge undertaking in so many different ways. And um, I'm hoping that we can reach this goal and I will be able to compensate Rashawn and be able to give her half of what we've raised via the Patreon that way. Um, so yeah, if you are interested in Song of Ice and Fire coverage, Rashawn hasn't read, she read the first two books, but has mm-hmm. forgotten them mostly. And she has seen the show. So it's a very different type of coverage than Unspoiled usually does. But I'm excited about it because it's going to be really, really different. So you know guys check it out check out uh the patreon page patreon.com slash unspoiled and see if you are interested in in getting in on this and um you know also there are higher tiers where you can hang out with me and Rashawn and listen to us talk about sedition or (laughs) cereal or easter or just any like just name a topic and we'll, when we did Oreos. language one time, Oreos, we did a live uh, taste test of Oreos on the air, which um, I suspect was very unpleasant to listen to, but there it is. <laughs> so yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. And if you are $15 and up, you get to hang out with her and I while we record um, the Harry Potter episodes twice a month. And uh, eventually, up. yeah, we're wrapping up on that. So eventually... That will probably be Song of Ice and Fire. Um, so if you want to be somebody who's like a fly on the wall during our recordings, chiming in to let us know when we're wrong about things, which we often are, uh, you might want to pledge at that level eventually. Um, all right. That's it. Anything else you want to add, ma'am? Don't forget to join the off-topic page if you're a patron. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> That has been busy lately. <laughs> and the um, patron page, too, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a link when you sign up as a patron to give you access to the Patreon page, um, the Facebook Patreon page. And uh, it's a good time. There are It's very active. And I frequently post um, polls in there for, like, what you guys want us to cover next. And actually, I'll take this opportunity to mention that... Um, my fiance Owen and I are covering Avatar The Last Airbender three episodes at a time and we're doing that as a paid series to fundraise for our wedding so if you are into Avatar The Last Avatar The Last 
Airbender. Um, Why the voice? That's just how it sounds when they introduce it on the show. It's like this guy and it's really dramatic. And there's this like music that's like. And then all of a sudden it'll go. Like this fucking drum. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, that's very intense. It's extremely dramatic. And what's so funny is that it doesn't sound that dramatic when you're watching it because it's uh, the volume of it is kind of pitched low and there's a voiceover on top of it for the intro. So when I played the music by itself for Owen last week, he was like, this isn't the theme song. I was like, no, it is. I swear. <laughs> it's just like they, they underplay it so much. Um but yeah, it's been really, really fun. I've been enjoying it a lot. We're going to be uh, finishing up season one, this next recording, and um, and then we are on to number two. And it's fast paced with covering three episodes at a time. Each episode's only like 15, 20 minutes long. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. So we have a poll up right now about what we'll cover after that is done also as paid fundraising episodes. And right now, HBO's Watchmen is just barely in the lead. We will see if that remains. Rashawn has feelings about it. I do. I, I hope, I hope, though now that I'm listening, I didn't realize your last airbenders were like only 15, 20 minutes. Oh, so not the like, episodes, like the episodes of the show are 15, oh. 20 minutes. So we're covering three show oh, episodes okay. per podcast. Oh, okay. So yeah, well, the podcasts are like an hour, hour and a half. Depending. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then that's it. I don't have anything else then. All right, everybody. Oh, cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We love you. I'm very excited to be getting into book 11. <sighs> I will say that, in my opinion, this book is the book where it really pops off. I feel like up till book 10, it's a lot of laying of groundwork, getting things in place, and... This is the book where it's like, all right, time to go. Mm. And I am super excited. So, everybody, thank you again. And uh, we will see you next week with a new episode. Toodaloo, motherfuckers. Bye, guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.